Hi, and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Journey. I'm Martin Reynolds. In October 2022, I met with Gary Rupping of Mateer Williams & Wood, insolvency practitioners. Mateer Williams & Wood and ProActions, business advisors who I work for, are hosting a free seminar on how to be resilient in 2022. More about this in the show notes and at the end of this episode. As a prelude to this, I interviewed Gary about how he sees 2022 and beyond panning out for businesses in the UK. A bit about Gary. He grew up in an average middle-class South African family in Port Elizabeth. Life in South Africa was interesting in the 80s and 90s, moving from apartheid to a new South Africa. He trained as an auditor slash chartered accountant with Ernst Young in South Africa, and an opportunity came up for a secondment to Canada, which it took him about a second to accept, even though he didn't hold a passport. This was followed by a second secondment to the UK firm. So he had two offers, one in Canada, one in the UK, and none in South Africa. The rest, as I say, is history. Gary has lived and worked here now in the UK for 18 years. He lasted about a year in the audit of Ernst Young in the UK and wanted to change, so moved to Mazars to work in mergers and acquisitions. A few years later, the credit crunch happened and he was made redundant. As he was on a working visa, this meant on his contract running out, he had to leave the country. Nobody wanted to even consider his CV as he had no right to work in the UK. Recruitment consultants would not even return his calls. He quickly had to apply for a highly skilled migrant working visa, and he received this. However, in the intervening time, at the 11th hour, he got an opportunity to do a three-month secondment to the Business Recovery Department at Mazars in London. He loved it, and was eventually offered a full-time role there. After a year, he moved to a boutique restructuring firm to get more insolvency experience and the opportunity to qualify as an insolvency practitioner. Gary and I met at GridServe in Braintree. This is the first fully EV charging station of its kind in Europe, and a great place for meetings. So now, to the interview. What was it, Gary, that first drove you um, to go into accountancy, especially when you were in South Africa? What was it like growing up and what sort of uh, things motivated you to do follow the path that you're at today? Well, I mean, what was it like? It, it was a lot of change, a lot of apprehension at that time. I can remember that. Um, and I think in terms of what it taught me is that change, change is constant. Change is the one the certainty you always have in life. Um, and what I wanted to do or what I was actually very good with is numbers I love numbers and accountancy it was either that or architecture so I could have been lost to architecture but uh, 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 I've decided to go down the accountancy route and that you know the aim was always to work in business so it, it gave me a very good good grounding and with accountancy you especially the training at Ernst & Young you got to see you know hundreds of companies uh, over a three-year period in my training course, over my training uh, contract, uh, shall I say? Yeah. So, so when you were turned, you know, from accountancy into insolvency, what was the, the thing that you found um, the most interesting out of that? I think is uh, the, the, you have to make decisions. You can't sit in your hands. You have mm-hmm. to make quick decisions, and yeah. also you have the ability once you've got the experience to become an insolvency practitioner. If you have the training, you then can actually assist people and help people guide them through that process uh, sometimes to avoid the process sometimes what's 
what's the best way to navigate it to achieve, achieve the objectives? Because uh, that's always the first question I ask people generally, other than what's your name and what do you do, um, is what, what, what are we looking for what, what, and see if I can actually achieve them. And I'm very honest and say, I, I can and can't do that, but mm. that's my objective to say, can I get you there to what you're trying to do? Is it realistic? So uh, a lot of people, um, particularly um, people that have had or rubbed shoulders with insolvency practitioners, possibly look at them with a bit of fear, uh, thinking that they're coming to steal the family jewels. Um, but you work with McTeer, Williams and Wood, and I know that that's not their philosophy. So tell us a little bit more about McTeer, Williams and Wood and what your role entails particularly then. Yeah, McTeer, Williams Wood's been going for about 22 years now. Um, I am one of the licensed insolvency practitioners there, so what it effectively means is I go out, meet people, and talk to them. And appreciate there is that apprehension of talking to an insolvency practitioner because the first thing they want people worry about is it's going to cost me money and I don't have any money at the moment and they're going to judge me and to cover those two points off one us at McTeer Williams and Wood we don't charge for initial advice for the initial sit down because how how am I supposed to know I can help you without actually sitting talking to you Um, and then the other point is that we actually we've seen it all Mm -hmm. whatever you whatever you think you've you, you just think, you know, and, and I've seen people go through the worst, you know, completely mess things up and they've come out the other side and they've been, been successful. So it shouldn't, you know, it's easier said than done, but I've seen that actually happening. Yeah, sometimes it takes a good few insolvencies before you get your um, overnight success. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 is the, that is the trick. Or you, and you learn through the process and, and you really want to be learning when it's not going to cost you a lot of money rather than when it's costing you a very lot of money. So you- yeah, I think that's the problem, isn't it? That some people, when they're getting themselves into um, troubled waters, they stick their head in the sand and think it will go away or try and ignore it and don't want to come to people like you or I um, to try and find a way out because they think it's too far gone. Well, how do you get somebody back from that position? Sticking their head in the sand? I, I mean, it's difficult, and I think the only... We always suggest is you do need to seek advice earlier. The, the, mm. the, the, you really, I always use an analogy. You, you, you say, for instance, you injure your leg and you go, oh, it's hurting a little bit, it's cut. And, you know, it's, it's quite a severe cut. If you leave that and you don't get it treated, it's going to get, you know, it could get septic, it could get gangrenous. And then ultimately, when you go to the doctor and you say, oh, I've got this problem, if you haven't gone early enough, the doctor could, the earlier, earlier you got to the doctor, yeah. they could have stitched it up. Put a, applied medicine to it, antiseptic, antibiotics, saved the leg. Whereas if you come <laughs> and it's gangrenous, they unfortunately they have to stop it to you know mm, the rest of it, so, so the rest of the body can survive. So it is I use that. It's it's quite an apt because we are, you know, the earlier you get to us, the better for you. Yeah, and it also is um it's quite true. I'm using your analogy. If you break your leg, you can. You use a crutch, you can take a painkiller, and you take away the symptoms, but you're not getting to the, the cure. You're not curing the actual problem. No, that, often that's people are doing that. Well, they're curing their symptoms in the business, but not the actual problem. That's correct. Um, so, what are the things, particularly during this turbulent time that we're all facing, are you seeing in the market today? I think the cost of living crisis, on top of you know the, the recovery from the pandemic. The recovery from the pandemic's been quite slow for some industries. For some industries, not. There's always winners and losers in life in, in whatever happens. Um, and I would say at the moment, 
what I'm seeing is people have taken on bounce back loans and a lot of people have taken the bounce back loans and paying them fine. Some are struggling. Um, and you know, the interest rates are going up is going to start impacting people. The cost of living is going to stop in and there's and the energy, you know, costs are also going to cause issues. And I think the the key thing is yeah, is understanding where you're going and having a plan and adapt appropriately because if it's not sustainable now you know it's not going to be sustainable in six months time so you know you need to really start speaking to somebody as soon as rather sooner rather than later because then you can hopefully try and salvage the position it's probably quite appropriate that we're meeting at grid serve then isn't it with the cost of living crisis um on a more general note what are the common reasons for failure um and what are the early signs that business owners should be looking for then in your opinion i mean i'd say that one of the number one things we see, uh, it's not in every instance, but I'd say in the vast majority of my insolvencies that I deal with or the ones that people come and speak to me in financial difficulty, uh, is lack of financial information. And not just the actual information, but actually understanding the financial information. Absolutely, yeah. So having a good accountant, if, you, if you're not a person who understands numbers, is having a good accountant who can explain that, or a financial advisor who can explain that to you. And, you know, it's, it's, you don't have to be a financial whiz kid. It's understanding the basics, the fundamental. And I think I always go back to your sort of analogies, which I say, how much does it cost to deliver? I'm having a, I've got a cup of coffee in front of me. So how much does it deliver to, to, how much does it cost to deliver this cup of coffee? Not just the direct cost. What is the total cost of delivering that? And actually, what's your break even? So that's, I'd say, people who don't have a handle on that, you know, that's number one. What are the early warning signs? It's it's inappropriate. You know, at the growth phase, there's various phases you go through as a business in yeah. difficulty. In the growth phase, you think, oh, that there shouldn't be anything there that you should be worried about. Well, even in the growth phase, if you haven't got the right corporate structure, if you haven't got the right capital structure in, in terms of how you're funding the business, if you're funding the business through a working, you know, in terms of... Um, Invoice discounting is quite costly. If you, it, it depends on your financing. So if you don't have that sorted up front, I know what's going to happen in the long run. Then sort of as you go down the curve, you know, you, you as we're currently going through, is changing, changing environment, changing, I say environment, business environment, changing regulations. Now, those changes, if they don't, if you don't adapt to them, that's a warning sign. Mm-hmm. If, if you say, actually... I don't, you know, if you stick your head in the sand, as you said earlier, if you go, oh, the mm. regulator, I'm just going to stick my head in the sand, it'll be fine. That's a warning sign to me. Um, so, as you, as you, so that's at the, you know, when things start going a little bit down, I would then say when it gets a bit worse, when people start extending credit, so they go, oh, I, I, I need to undertake, it's just pay my creditors on 30 days, I'll pay them on 60 days. Mm-hmm. And actually their customers are doing the same to them. So actually you get, any, you get your debtor and creditor days, the, the amount of time that you collect receipts from your, your customers and actually the amount of time you pay your creditors or your suppliers, if those two are growing, that's a warning sign, mm-hmm. um, to put it that, to put it more, mildly. Yeah. Um, I would say, following on from that, if, say, for instance, cash flow starts getting tight, um, that's a warning sign. Also, just simple things like, you know, if for very soft sort of soft skills or soft soft signs is if you're going into a, a premises that are nice and clean and airy and then you know a year later you go in the same premises 
it's not not that nice. Right. You know, it's not as clean, not as tidy. The staff are not really happy. You pick up, there's something not quite right there, and or there's a high staff turnover. Then that's another warning sign. Uh, and the ultimate warning sign for me, and number one reason I think people should reach out, is if the directors or the business owners, um, you know, I'm talking here about directors generally, but this applies to partnerships as well as sole traders, is if you're having sleepless nights, mm. you know, there's no need for you to lose sleep over this. If you speak to somebody like myself, we'll be able to give you advice and steer you in the right direction. Yes, that's one of our, our taglines because as, as, as business coaches, you know, we know what keeps you awake at night because we've all owned businesses ourselves in the past. Um, the other thing that we, we see, particularly echoing what you've said, is where people are actually using accounting and accountancy for um, compliance with regulations but don't see it as actually their lifeblood and actually a dashboard like driving a car. I mean, if you um, comply with the company's house regulations, your accounts could be 22 months old. But you had a dashboard in a car that told you what speed you were doing 22 months ago. It wouldn't be very good for you today. And if your sat-nav was doing the same thing, you'd be totally lost as to what direction you're going to go into. So really getting a grip on those things every month is, or every day is vital. Um, what can you do as an owner if you're faced with difficult times? And we know what the answer to when should they act should be now. But uh, what, what can they actually do apart from seeing you and I? <laughs> well, I think that, that that is pretty much the number one thing is to, is to see is is to take advice. But I would say, as you know, what what can they do? I would look at your numbers. Going back to the numbers, I'd look at your cash flow. Is the number one thing. Cash cash is king, as as the old saying goes. Yeah. But it's if you can you can do lots of things, but you run out of cash or generating cash. That causes a problem. I had a gentleman recently where, you know, turnover went, when I say he went off a cliff, went from doing, you know, order book of £400,000, overnight that just disappeared. Right. And he's got no turnover. For the last two months he's had 0% turnover. There's nothing you can do with that. Right. And there's nothing that, you know, and he sought my advice, I've given him the advice, but I'd say watching your cash flow um, and, and, and seeking advice. Well, I think that uh, brings me on to the next thing, is what is the impact, particularly with bearing in mind your guy that's gone from 400 to zero, um, on directors and shareholders of the business, in particular, taking uh, how soon should they act and are there any responsibilities on them if they don't act quick enough? Yeah. I mean, as soon as a company is of what's called doubtful solvency, so if if you doubt, when I say what what... People say, what is insolvency? That, that, I don't know this terminology. I don't understand it. it there's two very high-level general tests that we use. There's others, more niche ones, but those aren't, we won't delve into them now. But the, the two general ones is balance sheet insolvency. So that's relatively simple. If your assets are less than your liabilities. So if you look at your balance sheet or on your personal side, you look at your assets and you deduct your liabilities from said assets if they are... <laughs> If your liabilities are more, it's a, it's a negative number. That's insolvency. Mm-hmm. And then on there's an, uh, the, the other test is a cash flow test, which is effectively a phrase which is you're unable to pay your debts as they fall due. So if if say for instance you have an invoice that is due, say a rent quarter, they say the end of September was was due, traditional quarter day, um, 
and you haven't paid it yet now in October. So that, if that's a once-off and it's just happened once and you, you settle it immediately, that's not technically insolvency. Yes, it's by the letter of the law. Yes, it is. But it's not a, a huge issue. But if you constantly do it, if you constantly are late paying, that means, and that's how court will look at it, is that's the point that you are technically insolvent. So that it's all about of doubtful solvency. So if you if you're thinking, am I solvent or not, you pretty much are answering the question. <laughs> so what you should be doing is one, taking advice, and secondly, is you know making sure whatever you're doing, you're acting in the best interest of your creditors. Because your duties as a director shift. So at that moment in time, shifts from acting in the best interest of your, your shareholder and enhancing shareholder value to what's in the best interest of my creditors. And yeah, and, and the issue for that is you could be personally liable. Right. And I think that is the key. A limited company is limited liability for the debts of the company. So you, the director is not responsible for the debts of the company unless they do something that prejudices their creditors. And that's one of the things that you need to be very careful of. Yes, because often you'll see people actually, if they're getting into that situation, they're then starting to pay their mates first, which, again, is not the right thing to be doing. No, it's not the right thing, and it, it won't end well. No, no, no. So, well, I mean, just give me an example of, can you, you know, without naming names, but of, of, of where somebody has fallen foul of that. I mean, you you do have the, the I'd say, innocent people that do, you know, they, what they do is they, the company's in financial difficulty, uh, saw, this was a case I've dealt with about ten years ago. Um, they 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 put in the three hundred thousand pounds to say you know to to keep the company going for working capital. The company was in financial difficulty, had cash flow issues. They injected three hundred thousand pounds, got over the blip, and then just repaid themselves. Now you'd say, well, that's right, isn't it? They advanced the money and they took it out. Well, that's not quite how the law works because they injected the money, they became an unsecured creditor. And HMRC was also an unsecured creditor for, say, the same amount. Mm. It was about 300000 you know, There's other creditors as well. How the law sees it is, well, actually, you've put the money in, unsecured. You have to be treated like everybody else now. And that was my biggest learning point there is, well, had, you, had they spoken to us, there's ways you could have done that perfectly mm. legitimately put in the, you know, that they secured, they, they, they still achieved the same thing. They put the £300,000 into the company, but actually they didn't prejudice themselves. And in that instance, unfortunately, we had to, because as liquidators, you don't have a choice. Mm. It's a statutory obligation on us to bring claims or consider to bring claims. And we, we did in that instance. I think we agreed a settlement with them um, to repay money into the, to the estate. But that's, if you don't get it right, that's why it's so important. Mm. So... What do you see as the challenges over the next uh, 18 months, um, you know, with the current economic climate? What do you see as the biggest problems there? Uh, I would say, well, uncertainty is always there. And I think people always go, people like certainty. We as human beings like certainty. And I would say there's always uncertainty out there. It's confidence generally that people, people are losing confidence. But I do think the rising interest rates is going to, 
cause a, it's not going to have an immediate impact. It's going to take some time to filter through. But I think the ongoing inflationary environment we find ourselves in and also the ongoing, I'd say, salary inflation as well that is now being baked. Yes, it might be a temporary blip at the moment, but if you, if you, it's one of these difficult situations where you've got to, you, you can't constantly always have, you know, inflationary yeah. increases. I appreciate it is exceptional circumstances. Uh, and I don't know, there is no right or wrong. No. It, it, it's, it's each, it's each company by itself. But I do see that causing issues. And I do see this as there's going to be a squeeze on disposable income. I can definitely see it across the board, across, um, Cross sectors, across everything. So it's 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 those end industries. Are they going to survive? And the you know whoever's going to be left is going to do very very well. Because I do think you know you have that, I want to say a thinning of the herd, and then the people are left are the, the strongest survivors. But I do see that rising interest rates um, is going to cause I'd say issues. But I don't think they're on un, un, unwarranted. Not unwarranted. That's not the word. I would say it, the interest rates are going to cause problems because I think the historic average of interest rates in the UK is 4%. Um, so at the moment, 2%, 2.25 is not overly costly. Um, and I don't think it's ever going to go down to what it was. Well, That's my personal opinion. Well, I'm old enough to remember the last time that this was like this. Um, um, and the reason the average is so high is at that time it was 15% inflation. Um, but... You know that had come down dramatically over the years, but we're back in that same cycle, and we're repeating the same errors of the past. But there we are. Um, the one thing that the government did, or one of the many measures the government did during the the, the COVID crisis, uh, whether we're out of it or not remains to be seen, um, are the bounce back loans. Uh, are you seeing a fallout of these and other COVID measures? Yes, I mean we are seeing. I think in every single. To be corrected, but I think in most of my cases, uh, there's always a bounce back loan. Mm-hmm. There's always a bounce back loan, whatever it's either been taken in full. Most most companies I see have taken in full as max they could, and it has been used for. The, I'd say the vast majority of people have used it for the the, the purpose it was meant for. You know, they took it. They they are trying to survive. They've survived, and now they're given. The government gave them every opportunity to be able to. To, to survive on the other side. And unfortunately, I'm coming across companies now that just have, the, 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 the industries haven't fully recovered. Mm. And now they've got historical legacy debt that they're trying to pay off. Now, if you're large enough, you can do, you know, you can do some whizzy stuff and you can do debt for equity swaps and you can get rid of the debt in that sense because it, it then becomes an equity thing. Um, but there's ways of doing it, but in terms of, Fallout symbols um, has also worked. I haven't seen too many. I've seen a few of those that have not quite worked. Um, and I think across the board, personally, I, I, I think there's too much debt out there. I think you. I think this is where that's where I see lots of people struggling. Is there's too much debt, um, and I think that's the fallout from. And this is you know, this this case in point. Or these people I'm talking to last week, where you know they've got the bounce back loan. They just can't afford to repay. The, I mean, there's low interest rates on that, and they can't afford to pay that. So I just think, you know, it, it, it did what got them through the COVID period, 
but now now's when it's actually going to be going down and i think i could somebody probably correct me and i'll probably get it massively wrong but i think it's like five billion or something that that that's not gonna you know that was that people are going to default on not because it was fraud i think there's another five billion that is going to be for fraud because it was misused um but i think the need justified that personally well, I think they had to do something. They had to do it quick, didn't they? So, um, you know, there was without doubt, uh, there have been some people that have been fraudulent about it, and they think they can just walk away from it, which on the face of it, they can. But the bankers are taking a fairly dim view of that at the moment. And just striking someone off as a director really hasn't got much teeth. You need to really get them on a, a criminal charge. But anyway, um, massive subject, uh, this. Um, Gary, thanks for, for today. Um, it's been really really useful. Gary and I, <coughs> I'm you know I work with ProActions, who are business coaches. We put on a number of events throughout the year, and Gary and I are doing one on the 11th of November, which is 2022. Sorry, 10th of November 2022, up at the Innovation Centre in Colchester, on this very subject, where I'll be talking about resilience, what it is that business owners should be doing in order to keep their businesses afloat and grow it throughout 2022 what sort what discipline should you have in place and gary's then going to be <coughs> doing the sorry tale at the end of what happens if you get it wrong um but again we need to be be looking at these things so if you ever want to find out any of our events we do them um, regularly throughout the whole of the year then look at proactions.com forward slash events so, Gary, again, thanks very much for today, mate. Thanks for the coffee as well and for your time. And uh, look forward to seeing you on the 10th. Excellent. Look forward to it.